Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Previously on Chief Concerns. Julio comes through. We'll see. You know what I mean? It's all, it's all talk. Everybody's got, I heard, somebody said, uh, wow, I seen Julio here. I saw, look, man, but hey, none of that matters. You can see a Joker anywhere. He can be in my backyard right now. Don't mean I'm signing him. It was scary for me because I was I was young. I didn't know a whole lot. Of, I mean, I I thought I knew a lot about football because I played in Nebraska and was on a dominant team. But hell, we didn't run a whole lot of defenses because our defense was so good. Is is this the the passing of the torch, right? Is this what this signifies? It, it comes down to that that front office and what they feel is most important. The champ is here. We've touched down from a higher plane. Why you made it here? We always look forward to that week because it was always intense. You know that we ain't coming back. We got to the man, the myth, the legend, Dante Hall. My 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 favorite player growing up was Dante Hall. I love you guys, show, but Dante was my guy. And we're back, people, after a week off. And the crew's refreshed, ready to get, get after for another uh, episode of Chief Concerns. I'm Marcus Dash. I'm here with our former tight end and former cornerback Jason Dunn and Eric Warfield. How you guys doing? So far, so good, man. Doing good, brother. Doing good. Doing good. How you doing? Good man, my, my uh, uh, I had laryngitis last week, so that's why I was off last week. Uh, my voice is getting back to it a little bit, um, but I, apparently I've, I've been reading. I, I, I get like so focused on the WebMD stuff, and like you know, they say like once you're, once you're good with laryngitis, you're, you're good. But I've read other things where it says you still need to give yourself like three weeks rest. But like, who can do three weeks rest of, of uh, resting your voice? I mean, especially when we, when we do this show. So, <laughs> um, you know what my doctor always told me said, man, don't don't go look on the internet to get information about medical things you know you know why not because you they all of a sudden become a hypochondriac you, you know everything's wrong with you you know what i'm saying and, and, and so sometimes what you do is like i look on you look at symptoms and you might think you have a heart attack or cancer so you're like oh man i'm ready to die you know and so i look i caught myself doing that sometimes i'm like that's when you get over dramatic about it so <laughs> It, exactly, you get over dramatic, but it, I mean, when you read things, it's, I mean, you start reading and it gets in your head, man. I mean, we know how, how things go on the internet anyway. When you start reading some, then it's it's all over. So we, yeah. it's a lot of crazy things we, in this world. The people are just reading uh, that's just messing their mental up. So, yeah, when, when I was looking into my symptoms, I, I saw like kind of what you just said. I saw like throat cancer. I was like, I, I don't have throat cancer. There's no way. I don't, I don't smoke or any of that. I've never done that. So <laughs> start, do, start doing like this. Yeah. But, you know, I, I will say this, man. It does sound like your voice is deeper, though. You be working on your deep voice. I, I guess, man. I, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to do too many inflections today, so I'm not going to try to keep it. Uh, just hit puberty. <laughs> hey, just got rid of his last piece fuzz. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Adam's apple started to come in. It's looking good. Yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Uh, but uh, in the last week or so, um, I do want to give a shout out to some some of our fans there. Uh, last week, I was on 810 uh, Sports Radio with Brad K. Porter, who actually covered you guys back in the day. Um, 
Yeah, I, I went on to talk about Chief Concerns and talk about you guys and, and the show. Um, and then a Persian brother of mine, Farzee Vaskujan, actually hosted you guys last week and talked yeah. all things about football and life with you guys on the Forest Cast. So if you get a chance, everybody should go check out the Forest Cast and check out JD and Eric on there. Um, it's, just, it's just good stuff. It's nice to see the Chiefs community kind of uh, you know embracing our show and, and what and what we're doing here and stuff. So it's uh yeah. it's always it's always good and it's always good to hear from our, our Chief Concerns fans. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Farzee did a good job, man. Our Farzee, it was it was good. good people. Yeah, I, I've gotten to know him over Twitter, so yeah, good dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. really good dude. Um, well, there's a, there's a lot of stuff to get into, and we were we were off last week, but a lot of things have developed since last week, especially in the Julio Jones uh, category. But before we get to that, we're going to head to our uh, before we get to our first segment, we're going to head to our sponsor, Bet Online. The month of June is heating up with a ton of exciting sports action, and Bet Online is where you can find it. From basketball and hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So, before the next tip off, face off, or pitch, Head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So our first concern tonight is a bit of breaking news. Um, so earlier today, Kyle Long um, has been kind of ruled out for the re- for the rest of the summer, is what it sound- sounds like, uh, with a lower leg injury. And their hope is he'll be back by the start of the regular season. Andy Reid said this may require surgery, but we don't really know. We don't really know much about the injury at all. Um, but for those of you who don't know, Kyle Long was out for the last last year. He retired for a year. They came back, and this is going to be his first year back in two years. Um, what do you guys make of this injury? Uh, to, to say that long that you're going to be out uh, sounds like it's something serious. Uh, you know, you don't want to hear that that kind of news when you're you know bringing in new uh, protection for for Mahomes. Uh, but the one good thing that we've done is we brought in a lot of uh, O-line for depth. Um, so if he's not able to to, to be the starter uh, for camp or for the season, uh, I think we brought enough in to, to give him time to heal and, and to get to be prepared. Uh, but uh, injury like that, uh, it doesn't sound like it's an, an Achilles because that put him out for the entire season. Uh, so that's good news. Um, but if it's a, a bad ankle sprain, you know, you can, you know, in due time and, and, and uh, rehab, uh, get back 100% for those. Uh, and even you don't have to be 100% to get back with that. Um, so hopefully it's nothing severe, severe, but it doesn't sound like it is. Yeah, I, I had to agree. Um, and, and Eric makes a, a great point is, you know, we, we one thing we wanted to do this offseason is, is build depth on the team. And, and we've done that. And so, you uh, you know, that's a great problem to have. We, you know, we didn't have that last year, and that, that was what kind of bit us, you know, in our, in our bottle. But, you know, Kyle, man, coming back from, you know, just sitting out a year and, you know, not being – you know, these things happen. And so it's going to take some time, you know, to, to, to maybe some of these soft tissue injuries or whatnot, um, you know, may take some time. But here, the, the great thing is, you know, it's happening now. And so we don't, we don't need him right now. We, we, we need him during the season. I remember – you know, uh, when you talk about guys even going into summer camp, and you know, it's when you talk about, you know, play counts and whatnot. Like, we, we're sitting there saying, like, look, these guys who, who, who are veterans, who's been doing this for a long time, 
these guys don't need to play right now during the summer. We need them during the season. And so, you know, the thing is you, you want to take a, a, a really uh, a slow approach to, you know, his therapy. And like you said, his healing and whatnot. So just let him get acclimated to what he needs to do. He's still going to be in the meetings. So that's the main thing is just learning offense uh, is the main thing with Cal. Cal is a, he's a professional. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's going to be hard for him to develop, to get back on the field. I mean, he was, he was playing at a high level when he left. So that's a good thing. So he, he's, he's, like I said, he's a cosmic pro man. Uh, I have no problem with that whatsoever. Because, you know, the thing is, the reality is there's guys there that, uh, that, that can start, you know, just as much as him. But I know he'll, he'll take the time to get himself his body right. And the organization is going to make sure of that. Yeah. Now, the bad thing is that when you, when you get in those, when you hit that 30, uh, 30 mark, uh, you don't heal as fast. <laughs> it lingers a little bit longer. Um, so hopefully, you know, this, this is the right time for him to have that injury. I won't say any time is the right time, uh, but for the, as far as dealing with and trying to recover from something, the off season is when you'd rather have it. Right. Right. Yeah. It's a, like you said, man, them thirties, man, you don't, you don't bounce back like you used to. So that's why, Hey, look, take all the time you need, Cap. <laughs> take all the time you need, you know? So yeah, yeah. Look, if this guy, if he's young, he's a rookie one or two years, and you, you project the starter where, wherever he ever fits into the depth chart, you know, you're trying to get this young guy back as, as fast as possible. I mean, it's just, ASAP. ASAP. That's just how that works. So, you know, older guy like that, <laughs> like, that. okay, look, this, <laughs> take it easy. You know, yeah, milk it a little bit. Milk it a little bit. Yeah, milk it a little bit. Even when you say you're okay, we're going to say you're not all right. All right? We so got it. Another right. couple of weeks. Right, yeah. Sit back. Sit down. <laughs> Now, now, will coaches, I guess, take kind of precautions with an older vet who may have been, you know, he was out last year, and you know, he may, and let's say we don't know much about the injury, but let's say it could be not that big of a deal, but you know what? Since he's been out a year and he's older, it's like you know what, kind of kind of relax a little bit, like you know, take some yeah, time. Yeah, pretty off. much. Yeah, yeah, that could be the issue. That's I hope that's the issue. Uh, again, I don't know how old he is. Uh, I know he's got to be early thirties, probably mid. Um, but yeah, if, if if he's got anywhere near um, the production level that he put out during his playing times, then yeah, I'd give him you know at least these mini camps off. But the bad thing about it is that you'd like to get these reps in when you haven't when you've been missed been out of commission uh, for an entire season. You you would rather get the the reps uh, just to get your body into the groove of things before going into camp. Um, you know, because if he goes in the in the camp. Miss, after missing an entire season, no OTAs, no mini camps, uh, it, it, it could be a rough camp for him. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I'm looking at it, too. You almost had to think maybe even coaches evaluating him at this time, maybe he was a projected starter. So maybe it might have been some, some you know, ambiguity as far as who was going to start. Maybe it was hard for coaches to think about, like, man, who do I put in? Well, now it kind of eliminates him. Like, okay, look, we, we got to go with this guy because Kyle's not going to be ready. But if the guy didn't play well, Kyle, I want you to watch what he's doing and what he's not doing right so you can be ready when you come in. And so, yeah, yeah like you said, man, a veteran player, man, he, he, he'll he know how to, you know, acclimate himself, you know, fairly, fairly quickly, you know, to get back into it. No problem. And plus, you know, like, like you said, we, we, we kind of devote this whole offseason to, to the O-line and the depth of the O-line because the problems we have in the Super Bowl. Um, and, you know, one of the guys we drafted was Trey Smith, the guard from Tennessee, now, you know, everyone's saying that was a steal because, you know, he had medical issues or whatever. Yeah, he's but, got the health issues. But now, I mean, he comes in, let's say he's, you know, he's cleared medically and all, and he comes in and tears it up. 
you know, he could be starting day one, depending on how severe this injury is. But. Yeah, he's a beast. That's I mean, he's a good, good, he's a good late pick uh, for the talent that he is. Now, like you said, the only only thing we got a concern about is his health. So, uh, barring that that doesn't prevent him from, you know, getting into OTAs at hundred percent, and yeah, he could be a, a valuable, valuable. Uh, I don't want to say cheap, but kind of a cheap pick. Yeah, uh, and, uh, to me, uh, honestly, I still think he might be a little little ways away. And, and, and that's a good thing because we still got guys in that can start, like like veteran guys that could come in and, and, and play right now until he gets some – Yeah, but, J.D., we, we drafted a, a center that I, I'm thinking that he's going to come in and play right away. So if you're doing that – Oh, yeah. You know, I think that the guy from Tennessee can be the same way. Just I can't say that he's a ways away because he's a, 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 a right out of college. You know, you got some guys that come in ready, you know, day one. So, so okay, true. But if we're we're evaluating, and I'm just looking at talent wise, am I saying is he better than the guys that would project to be starting right now to guard? That that's my I don't question. Because when I saw his highlights, he's a beast. Like he, yeah, yeah. But, but humongous, right. you know, uh, vicious attitude, vicious play. It's just I think what you know what uh, Marcus was saying is like it's just his health issues. Right. But I get it. So he, he, he's vicious. He's big. My thing is playing on Sunday against some of these guys that he's got to go against. Is he ready for that? that and look, look, he's going against guys in practice right now. And I'm sure he's getting ready. Right. Uh, my, that's my evaluation. You know, anytime you evaluate talent, is this guy better than the guys that's in front of him right now? Right. Is he, is he better than uh, uh, uh Tardif and, and all these other guys, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That they, they can move to this this position. So that, that's my evaluation. Because I'm not still gonna put a young guy in because he's this. If he ain't ready, he ain't ready to go against uh, you know, um, my man out there with the Rams. Um man, I don't know too many, I don't know, I don't know if one offensive lineman is ready to go against Aaron Donald. I, I hear you, but that, that's the evaluation, right? If I'm sitting there saying this is how you had to go against, you know, Chris Jones, what he, these guys, is he ready right now to get in and do it? You know, so I don't know. He, he may be there, but he'll develop into that thing. You know, so I'm, I'm pushing for him. I'm not saying I'm not pushing for him. I'm yeah. just saying, is he better than the guys that, you know, that's projected in front of him? I got you. And, and I, you mentioned Tardif. I don't think Tardif hasn't attended any of the um, the voluntary mini camps yet. And remember, he took a year off last year because of right. COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, that also, you know, with Kyle Long missing a year and this injury, Tardif mm-hmm. not not coming to any of the voluntary stuff yet. Um, and the Trey Smith thing, I, I do have a question about that. So, like, he was—I think he was a six-round pick. Mm-hmm. Would it would it change the perception? Because you're saying he's not ready. He, you know, he's not ready to go in right away and start. Right? We we don't know. Right? We we haven't gone through the camps and all that. Right. Right. Let's say he was a second. We drafted a second-round guard. Let's say because Bucky Brooks had him top three uh, guards in the draft. But let's say he was a second or third-round guard. Would he be? Would we, would we be saying right now? Oh, that's he's going to start right out the gate. But it's because he's a six-round pick, and you know, and let's say he's cleared medically. He's a six-round pick. We're not saying he's going to start right out the gate. Is it? A, is that just a? No, uh, it's based off of is Creed better than, you know, uh, my guy we got from from Durant. Yeah, like is he better than him? So it's an evaluation of talent in itself, right. as opposed to guys getting drafted. So that that's where I mean, you bring guys in and draft them high because you know they're going to be ready to play right away. And even if Bucky Brooks had him projected as maybe the third best guard, okay, fine. But is that guard coming in? Is he better than the guy that is projected as a starter in front of him? Right. So that's that's what it is. So it's not necessarily just 
I mean, you, you know, first round pick. I mean, you brought him in because you wanted him to start right away. Mm-hmm. Pre, same thing. You second round pick. We want him to start right away. So that's why I got the guys right now. And there's a reason. I, and, and regardless if it was, you know, dealing with the health is- issues, you know, we got him late. A lot of teams passed on it because it was still everybody still wondering about these things. So that's what I'm saying. So I, I'm just evaluating talent. I mean, you, you could be the number one pick, but if you ain't better than the guy that we got right here, then you ain't going to start. So that's how it goes. So for with with that being said, with the God, I, I'm 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 kind of mind blown right now uh, on names. The guy mm-hmm. that we drafted for center uh, that we have kind of yeah. he's projected to play right away, right? Yeah, Creed Humphrey. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And so yeah. based on what we just talked about with the guy from Tennessee, would you kind of give that same evaluation of of Humphrey? No, and I am. Um, and so is he better than Austin Blythe is what the question is, right? So even if Creed Humphrey comes in, you, you want to project him as getting ready to start. You know, you bring him in because you want him to start right away. You're thinking you're getting him in, this, in your second pick because he is better than Austin, right? Or he is going to compete to be become that starter. So I think, you know, getting, you know, trade back a little bit later on, it's like, well, he compete for the, for the position, but is he better than, right? Is he better than Kyle Long? Is he better than, you know, Tardif at the time and all these other guys, right? I mean, you still got, there's a, there's a number of guys. And, that, and like I'm saying, that's a good thing because we have a lot of options of guys, yeah. you know, that, that have played the game before. And that's good. Uh, last thing on this, uh, on this topic. Um, so we talked about if you draft a guy in the first round, that's because you, that you see this guy as a starter right off the gate. Right. Is it the same thing when it comes to contracts? Because Austin Blythe, we signed up for a one year, I think, Eight hundred and seventy thousand dollar deal, and then uh, Kyle Long was one year, like four million. I mean, is that also say like how you feel about a player? Like, okay, we're gonna give you this much. We don't know if you're gonna start. I mean, is that is that similar? Like a similar kind of like? Uh, if they're giving you, if they're, if they're they're paying him that much. They're, they're expecting him to have some sort of contribution, right? Okay. Right. You know, I mean, they, they don't pay you to come uh, coach up the, the the players. That's that's what the coaches are there for. They're not they they don't they don't hire player coaches anymore, right? Um, so, yeah, they're paying you millions. They're expecting you to come in and, and, and contribute out the door. You know, if it doesn't happen, you know, they cut you. I guess they save whatever they're supposed to pay you on the season. But, yeah, $4 million compared to 800000 you know, we expect you to outperform him. Right. Even if, you know, he's playing better uh, at 80% to 70%, they're probably going to play the 70% that's getting $4 million because that's where their investment's at. Right. Now, we we've had those situations. I'm not going to throw names out there to say who was you know who we paid to do what, but we've had those situations to where it's like, hey, we're paying this guy a certain amount of money, so he's going to play no matter what. You know, you're the better player. Uh, we're we're going to put you in the game. You're going to get some reps. You're just not going to get as many reps as he is because that's what we're paying him for. Now, when it comes back to bite them in the ass, and that's just you know, that's when they're kind of forced to. Uh, and then it's like, okay, we made a bad decision in this 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 uh, either this draft pick or this free agent pick, and so you know we might either have to let you go or uh, definitely at the end of the season we have to let you go and, and, and let this 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 other talent or whether it's young or free agent uh, take over at that position. Yeah, I mean, you know, we look we're commodities, and like he said, man, you invest in guys because you you expect your investment to work out for you, right? So it's the same thing if you if you invest in let's say maybe a restaurant or something that doesn't go well like shoot you, you need to get out as soon as possible it's like look I'll just I'll eat this whatever I lost 
you know, I'll just go ahead and take it. And then, you know, if we need to part ways, like you said, at the end of the season, then we'll do it. But if I'm bringing a guy in that is on league minimum, you know, 870, and then a guy that is worth $4 million, then I just got more money in this guy because I, I expect this guy right here to start. And I say this guy right here getting him into 870 because, you know, that's part of business too. If we could get a guy for low money and for him to come in and start, you know, and still kill it. <laughs> but shoot, that's, that's an even better investment then, right? So – yeah, no, it's, just, it's just curious when, when I see those numbers, like, oh, man, we signed this veteran for that much? And then and we drafted Creed Humphrey in the second round. It's like, oh, well, maybe, maybe we didn't see Austin Blythe as the, as the next center, and then we, we, we wanted to. So is that the number that we gave Kyle Long, $4 million? Uh, uh, $4 million is when we gave Long uh, $870,000, so we gave Austin Blythe the center. Damn, sitting out a year, get $4 million, come back. Right? <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> hey, but, hey, but look, it, it, you know, rightly so, man. I mean, he was he was playing good before he left, to be honest. I mean, I, get it. I mean he earned it. Yeah. yeah, I can't say he has. You know, it's just a matter <laughs> of, um, you know, I'm just sitting there thinking, like, dude, you sit out an entire year. You got to live in your best life. Oh, yeah. Come right back in. Come right back to the bag. <laughs> yeah, but, but, hey, but hey, if you come back and they're only giving you league minimum, you're like, man, I ain't coming back for that. You know, if I'm doing my best life, I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> you know like what? You know what? And, and I, I say that overlooking the, the situation with um, quarterback Chicago Bears. Trubisky? Trubisky? No. Justin. He's Fields. going through divorce right now with the uh, oh, oh, Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler. So they, oh, that my was it Miami that gave him ten million to come out of retirement? Mm-hmm. Yeah, something. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, I get it. Yeah. I would do it too. <laughs> you know, crazy part, you know what? Uh, and he, Ed, Ed Joker probably made him pay for the play ticket and everything. Got to get 10 million. Yeah. <laughs> the team don't do that no matter what. I'm, I'm well, no, I, I, I'm yeah. just, <laughs> yeah. Coming out of like when Julio, when Julio went to Tennessee, he got on a private jet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, going, he ain't going commercial. You well, know, it's was funny when, when, driving the Eagles, up. when the Eagles signed uh, Josh McCallum to come back to be like the backup, I think last year or two years ago. Yeah. Because he was coaching high school and he said, I, I need to get back to the games and stuff because I think he was still an assistant coach. So they, would, they were flying him on Friday nights to the games to be there as an assistant coach. Like that, that was the one thing he like mandated in his contract because I, I, I want to be at all the games. So Friday nights they were, they were, they were uh, getting him to the games. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool. That is. It's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that's commitment. That's good. That's, hey, that's good. It is commitment. Good commitment. <laughs> All right. So uh, the next uh, chief concern is after weeks of speculating as to where uh, Julio Jones would go and some of us dreaming that he would come to Kansas City, uh, but now he's found a home in Tennessee joining Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and Ryan Tannehill. Um, in your eyes, is Tennessee now the biggest threat to Kansas City? I don't. I still don't see it. Just that's just my opinion. I'm, I'm sorry for cutting you off, JD. No, you know, Tennessee is a good team, well coached team. I love Bray. Uh, I like what he's brought to the NFL. I like what he, you know, even as a player, um, and especially what he's done for Tennessee. And um, I just don't see them over Tennessee right now. Is not even in the top five. My opinion. I go with Kansas City, Baltimore, Cleveland. Buffalo, and heck, uh, probably Pittsburgh. Um, and I, I still that's that's top five for me, but that's just my opinion and, and my evaluation of what I've seen throughout the, the you know the last couple of seasons. But to add a player like Julio, um, I just think that him being in a 
still just going back to the Chiefs, you know, being a part of the Chiefs offense, it takes some pressure off of you because you you got Kelsey over here. You got Tariq Hill also, and then you got the biggest arm in the NFL. You 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 sat there and talk about you wanted a you know quarterback with a big arm. You can't get a bigger cannon than 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 uh than Mahomes. Uh, but you go to Tennessee, and and I get it because you did all your workouts with Derrick Henry throughout the offseason, and he somehow convinced you. But yeah, that's just you know. I understand what Brown brings to the offense. Big, explosive receiver. Uh, so it could probably be a, a top contender. I just, for me, I just don't see them still being a top five. I don't see them being better than Cleveland, uh, better than Baltimore, uh, just better than Kansas City or Buffalo. Um, and I'm not sure what kind of a, a Pittsburgh team you get, but when you got Roethlisberger, and uh, damn, I can't think of my coach's name. Um, Tomlin. Yeah, when you got Tomlin and Roethlisberger get together, you're always going to have a, a, a sort of a playoff team. So, yeah. I, hey, look, <laughs> there's no doubt that Julio Jones makes them significantly better, significantly. True. And 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 Tannehill is, you know, he's he's a good quarterback. The thing is, what what has gotten them as a, as a contender is that guy that's back there, you know, taking handoffs. Henry. Henry. I mean, with that joke, he was, he was the one that was was carrying that, that team on his back. Now, here's the thing, though. So what that does is now you take away from his carries. You don't have to carry the ball anymore. Now you got le- legitimately two guys on the outside that are, are dangerous, absolutely dangerous. And so – They've, they've gotten significantly better. Uh, will I say that it's made Chiefs – I'd say they probably brought up brought them up a couple of spots, no doubt about it. Absolutely. Uh, so now I, I think they're better than Pittsburgh. I do. Uh, their defense struggles. That's that's their deal. You know, their defense is just so-so. I, I think they were ranked like 28th in the, in the NFL last year, which is horrible, right? So they make uh, your top five? Huh? They make your top five? Top five in AFC? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then yeah. top three? Top three? Yeah. Top three? It's tough, man. He is tough. I, I know, look, I know, look, Brable's a good coach. Let okay. me hear your top three. Let okay. me hear your top five. Top five. We know okay. Baltimore, we know Baltimore's okay. up there. He's a Lamar guy. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Kansas City, uh, Ravens. This just had to be in no particular order, but I got, you know, Chiefs first. Hey, I'll do. I'll go on and do it then. Cleveland, uh, Tennessee, uh, and then Buffalo. That's what I'm looking at. I think Buffalo's a a, a, a decent team. I think they're a good team. You know, got a great Buffalo's quarterback. Good. Same thing, man. They 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 struggle in areas. That's that's their problem. They struggle in areas. Uh, so I haven't I haven't really looked over like the strength of the uh, you know the schedule strength right now. But if if I'm looking at teams wise, what you had to see on a Sunday. Julio Jones and AJ Brown, and then you got Derrick Henry. It's, yeah, they they dangerous. They are absolutely dangerous. So I agree. I'm just not a I, I don't, I'm not a believer in what Tannehill can bring to the game. I, I think that <laughs> even with Derrick Henry, he, he, you know, you should be you got you're gonna have at least eight or nine players in the box trying to stop him. Right, so that open up the passing game for you 100 to just be outstanding and I just don't think he's that 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 game changer. Well 
I, I tell you what, he, he's surprising. I, I went down, I watched the Chiefs and, uh, and, and Titans play last year. I watched the game. I was there, I was there for it. Terrible game. Yeah. Well, it was a fun I mean, game, they, but it was a bad outcome. Right. It, it was the outcome of it. And, and, <laughs> and the, the thing was, they was never out of the game. The problem, I, I was thinking like, man, leave it in Tannehill's hands at the end of the game, right? Well, now all of a sudden you got Julio Jones, you know, and A.J. Brown on the outside. That's tough. So, Derrick Henry, now you don't have eight or nine in the box. Now, now you can even hand it off if you wanted to to this locomotive in the back behind you, right, where teams are thinking you're going to pass. So they got a legitimate threat on the other side, man, that, that, that makes them even more dangerous. So now Tannehill, I'm sure that joke is like, oh, thank God, you know, because I think he, he was like top five maybe in, in like, uh, you know, rankings as far as like completion percentage and all of that. I don't know. I, I remember reading it somewhere, but he did he did a great job. He did a great job last year. So now he's got another guy to throw to. He got a good a good tight end. So hey, what was the one bet that me and J- J.D. made uh, on air? Uh, it was if uh, Baltimore would have a 1,000-yard receiver. Yeah, Baltimore. you still got that bet. Baltimore, yeah. Baltimore. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to throw another one in there. Ooh. I don't think uh-huh. Derrick Henry gets uh, 1,700 yards. 1,700 yards? Uh, I, don't, yeah. I don't believe he will either. No, nah, I ain't going to say 17. I mean, you know, took some of his carries away from him. I mean, he eclipsed, he eclipsed 2,000, so easy. You, you take, but you taking you taking carries away from me. And the good thing is, you keeping a guy like that fresh. I'll, I'll say this: How about this then? How about we put up maybe uh, mm, fifteen hundred yards a season? Oh, I, I think he gets that. Okay. Oh man. Hey. <laughs> Barring no injuries, he gets that easy. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll find something else to. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that somebody else would come up for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I do have a question. So, like, we talk about Tannehill, and now he's got another legit receiver. But, you know, he did have Corey Davis, who got big money from the Jets this offseason. And Corey Davis, for a couple of years with Tannehill, we were thinking this guy's teetering on bust. And, I mean, this past year, he actually had, he had, a, good, he had a good season because Tannehill actually started throwing the ball. But, I mean, he was that's no slouch at a number two receiver. And, you know, that the offense was still, you know, kind of just kind of reliant on Derrick Henry. And, and I know Julio and, and Corey Davis are nowhere on the near on the same level, but still, that, that's no slouch on number two receivers. So that, that that's kind of like where I'm I'm at with the whole Tannehill thing. I just I mean, and I think on the on his Q, uh, QB percentage or his uh, throwing percentage, they I think he was amongst the top uh, bottom ten as far as uh, attempts per game too. So that also helps with the percentage. Yeah, right. right. Well, well, you said you said a key thing right there, Corey Davis and Julio Jones. And I, I think Corey Davis is just okay. I think he was, he was all right. Yeah, he was serviceable, you know, second receiver. But Julio Jones, yeah, yeah. Right. Corey Davis, here, yeah. Julio. And I'm not taking anything away from Corey. Corey's, you know, a great player. You know, I'm not saying anything about that. I'm just talking about how good Julio is. So, so I used to question, like, well, how would we get – when I was in Nebraska, how would we get, you know, four-star receivers to come there? Like, why? Why would you come to Nebraska when you can go all these schools in the past? You know 100% what we're going to do in Nebraska, and that's going to be the option. You know, you're going to become a blocking receiver no matter what. You, you, better, you know, you got to get the ball a few times, but for the most part, you're a blocking receiver. I don't see Tennessee changing their offense up due to what – not just last year, but what Derrick Henry's done throughout his career. You know, he's a punisher. He's a bruiser. He's going to get the yards. He's going to get the, a lot of touches. You know, just bringing Julio in, uh, help try to open things up. I think they're hoping on that. Uh, 
I just don't see a whole lot of their offense changing. At, at the oh, come on. Come on, E. Come on. Come on now. Hold on. Wait, wait. Hold on. Look, first, okay, first off, they got a new uh, offensive coordinator this year, for one. All right. Who'd for they two, get? Huh? Who'd they get? Uh, I forgot his name, but I, I know they got a new one. Uh, my boy, man, his son Derrick is Derrick Henry's uh, your franchise. Huh? Derrick Henry's your franchise. He's your franchise, but you realize you've been running your franchise. You've been running this horse, you, you know, as hard as you can. No more. Huh? You gonna yeah, run but, until the wheels fall off. Now, nah, well, look, look, Derek ain't saying that. He's like, look, man, you know what? If Julio, and I'm sure he said, man, if you could take some and of he's these. he's not arguing about it either. Well, I'll I, I say this. Look, we know a, a running back shelf life is, is, is that, that is real small. And so what, you, what you're thinking is, look. But everybody don't want these, that statistically. But you get one that's, that stands out and that, that continues to go. Like, you know, Adrian Peterson is still doing it. You know, you might. You rarely get an Emmitt Smith career that's played 18, 19 years. Uh, but, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. This man is out here doing unbelievable off-season workouts. He's built unbelievably uh, to think that he can just continue, you know, this pound and ground thing. So, I think he, you know, foresees himself uh, continue to do this for, for years to come. And it's just that's what they're that's what the team is about is hand the ball to him. Okay. Well, I, I do this. It's, it's the same thing they're talking about, like LeBron James not necessarily trying to take over at his age. You know, it's like, look, look, LeBron, you work out hard, right? You've been you've been a monster all your all, all the, your career. But guess what? You needed AD during this time, and you can't just take over when you don't have no help around you. So now, if you have help, if LeBron get a shooter, they different out there with the Lakers, right? So the you same thing. So that's different. You got to. Yeah, no, no, no. Young, absolutely not. Absolutely AD not. Look, look. E. <laughs> e. Injured a lot, but he's, he's young. That's like bringing in Blake Griffin to play with an older guy to play with LeBron. But, but I mean, I'm I saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Come on. But Julio Jones and, okay, Blake Griffin, if if Julio, right, at, at his age, you want you want to make sure that look, he, he wants to get 1,500 yards every year now from this point on. You know what I'm saying? So why keep running him into the ground? We've seen guys like who's running backs, they just run him into the ground. And so he wants to get another contract. Why, why sit over here and get hurt when, especially if I got a stud on the outside? Look, I ain't going to be mad at it. I ain't going to be mad if I, if I got a Julio Jones who's going to come in here, catch 20 or 30 more balls. If, if it takes away another, I don't know, 40, 50 carries from me, Derrick Henry's fine. That, and, and I guarantee that's part of the reason why he signs. Like, he's like, look, man, come out there because we need a receiver because they running me to death. They are killing me out here, Julio. Oh, we need you. You might be right. I need you. He's like, you. This is supposed to be about the Chiefs, not Julio. So. I know it. I know. We just talk. I know. We just bring things up. But, but I, I get you, though. Yeah. Well, and that's the last thing on, on this whole uh, topic was – for me, I think the, the situation that he's gone to is, I mean, I think Matt Ryan's a, sl- a better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill, just you know, based on career and body body of work. And then he's got Ridley on the other side and AJ Brown. Yeah, AJ Brown's uh, he's great. And so 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 is Ridley. And then and then also they brought in the tight end from Florida this year. So I mean, I mean the, the team that he's going from to this one, I I don't know. I, I think that 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 kind of suited him. His I guess him getting more balls and catches with with Atlanta. That, that's what that's. My personal opinion. I don't know what you guys think. I, I, well, I'll say this at the end of it. I, I, I'll say, you know, I heard the Chiefs wasn't in the running for Julio, stuff like that. This is just a testament to the guys that you have in the room. Like I said before, the guys that's out there right now that, that are getting the reps 
or the guys that you like. And so I agree. I, I, I like it because they're like, look, you know, we don't have to have a guy that go all in on, on Julio Jones, right? We love what we have in this room. I like what we got in the room, man. So there's going to be some guys out there who's hungry, who's going to compete. And these guys want to get to that status of well, Julio Jones or whatnot. I mean, we already got, you know, two guys out there that's doing it as far as like receiving the football with Travis Kelsey and, uh, uh, um, a heel. So yeah, I agree. I agree right. with that. Yeah. So that's a testament to them, man. Talking about Chiefs, <laughs> these guys right here probably doing a good job. I love it. Yeah. And we still have nine million to spend. So whatever they want to do with that. <laughs> um, ho- hopefully it's that goes towards uh, Matthew and ex- an extension. Hopefully we'll see about that. Uh, so the next concern is so recently Andy Reid uh, talked about our, our, our overall team vaccine numbers are way up compared to every other NFL team. And for the teams that don't meet a certain threshold, they still have to wear masks and they have to kind of go by the kind of the guidelines they went by last year. But if a team meet, reaches a certain percentage, then, you know, they can people can no masks and, you know, just go as usual. Um, but re- recently, over the last two days, we've seen some pushback from certain NFL players who are upset that teams are bringing in uh, ex- health experts to come in to talk to teams about, to talk about the benefits of getting the vaccine. Uh, Montez Sweat from the Washington football team and Sam Darnold of Carolina, who says he doesn't need any vaccine or anything, um, which is funny because he's the guy who also got mono was out for three weeks, two years ago. But um, what, what are your guys' thoughts on teams bringing in health experts to talk to players and give them information about the vaccine? That's a team decision. I, you know, to each his own. That's, I, I feel that way for every, for even like in society, you know, you got, you know, to each his own. You got people that don't want to wear a mask. You got people that want to wear a mask. They want to get vaccinated. They don't want to get vaccinated. So that's, you know, I can't force something on somebody, but that's, you know, I, I don't own a team. So I'm not in that position, to, I guess. Right, right. But I, I guess the question here is that bringing in someone to talk so, about yeah, the, me, the, the information aspect of it. Because players right. are mad that health, the health experts are coming in just to talk about it. not forcing the vaccine, but more of saying, hey, this is what the vaccine is. This is what it does. You know, it's not saying, oh, you need to take it. But it's more just like the information uh, portion of it. Listen, it, it, here's, here's the reality. Reality is you want to get as much information and knowledge as possible. Why would you why would you be, uh, uh, you know, adamant of not doing that? Right. Why would you be opposed to these things like oh, I don't want any more information because I'm not taking it? The thing is that we can all do is start using a little bit more critical thinking. Right. Getting as much information as possible, knowledge of people that who are actually in the industry that's doing these things. Right. As opposed to every little person who's out here on, on the internet spouting, oh, well, now all of a sudden the vaccine does this, the vaccine does that. And all you're doing is taking opinions from other people who may not even be in the field for it. So that's, that's what uh, angers me about today is because what we do is we only go surface-wise on particular things or maybe some things that we heard without being an informed decision, regardless if you take it or not, informed on, on, on both ways, right? Why not just get as much information as possible from experts. I'm talking about experts that deal with this, right? Virologists, immunologists, you know, people that deal with this in their field as opposed to getting on Facebook. And like I said, in Twitter, and somebody's bringing up like, oh, well, like I, I see this video about this woman talking about you become uh, magnetized. This it's, it's crazy to me because sometimes what you do is you get into some conspiracy theories and guess, guess what? It costs people their lives, right? And so look, 
NFL mandates for you just get information. They're not saying we're forcing you to get the vaccine. They're saying, hey, here's information presented to you, right? Everybody should be welcoming them to those things like that. My thing is it would be irresponsible for any, any player, all right, or the NFL not to do their due diligence on dealing with these things like this. Because look, the, the, the reality is everybody wants to try to get back to as normal as possible. So you want to make sure that nobody's going any outbreaks of COVID-19 anymore. All right. You want to try to have a full stadium and, and talk about what you need to do to mitigate these things that's out here at this moment. Uh, so to, 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 to dismiss experts coming in is absolutely asinine to me. That's lunacy. That's lunacy to me. For a guy to, to, to even think, well, I don't want to do it. That, that's, you don't want to hear anymore? So, you know, just get as, as, as informed as possible. I don't care if I agree with it or not. Get as informed as possible on every issue that we do. Try to do it as much as possible. Yeah, and Rob Rivera even uh, came out this week or yesterday and said it was just a forum, so the health expert was talking and players could ask questions about it. That that, that was pretty much the extent uh, the extent of it. And I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, did you? I mean, obviously not COVID, but I mean, did you guys have you know like people come in and speak to you guys, whether it was about like something you were going to be involved in or not? I mean, I'm sure I'm sure people come in and they talk to you guys about certain things. Uh, at least with me, what I did, I did as much research as possible. I'm one of those, man. I'm an avid reader. I mean, I love getting information. Uh, you know, I talked, uh, you know, to quite a few people, quite a few people who are doctors, talked to my doctor. Uh, and the thing was, you know, I, w- I went on like both sides of the argument, right? I went, I went through every single thing and like just listening, listening and, and trying to take in as much as possible. So you, you do know. And I, I will say this. Uh, I had a couple of family members that called it. And so because I was doing like my due diligence to get some information about, you know, trying to get zinc or vitamin D and all these different things that they were trying to use to help uh, at least uh, keep the symptoms as, as minimal as possible, uh, what I was trying to do. And, and, and I'll just say us on a personal note, I had two sisters that went into the hospital. The thing was, if I hadn't known like some of the symptoms as far as like maybe uh, the pneumonia starting, they might have never went. So the thing was, I was like, look, it's, you know, y'all need to go ahead and go. I don't care if it's just little of this. You need to stay on top of this. These are doctors that's in the field that are talking about these things, right? Not, it's not a partisan issue. We're talking about a health issue. And so, you know, that's the, the, the anger of it is everybody want to make it partisan. No, it's, it's, it's a personal choice, personal decision. But if it's here to save lives, that's what we should do. We should make sure that we want to be able to save every single person, every single individual's life. If I care about my life, I should care about the person right next to me as well. So um, so I, I was just saying that to say, you know, these things, man, are important to, to look into it, you know, make sure you do, you know, like I said, uh, do your due diligence, get all the information as possible. Uh, and then, you know, people talking to you, you know, don't shut them out because you already got in your mind, I, I don't want to hear it. To me, that's just crazy. It's crazy. All right. Yeah. And I think from the NFL's point of view, it's just more like, hey, we, we want to relax our you know policies and stuff. But that's just based on the vaccine. And here's the information. So I think that's that's what it was. And I think some players like Montez Sweat were kind of blowing that proportion, saying, like, you know, the Redskins or the Washington football team, they're not making to get the vaccine. It's more just like, you know, here's a forum. That's it. Cool, man. It's good um, to have. We, we talk past each other now. We, we need to be talking with each other. 
you know, having these forums. We don't have enough forums already. That, that's, that's part of the problem. We get our own little echo chambers over here. And we can't see the other side because we so, you know, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm lawyer over here staying so tight on my, my end about my beliefs that I won't, you know, even try to entertain anything else or even try to listen to it. So that's just part of critical thinking. We, if we can't get there, then we <laughs> can't solve anything. Yeah, can't solve it all. I'm right with you. All right, so the uh, the final uh, concern tonight is kind of tied into Prashad Breland leaving. Um, he went to he signed with Minnesota last week. I know we've been on the show talking about Prashad Breland. You know, hoping he comes back, but it also speaks to what we you know about our, the guys we have in house. Kind of what you talked about with the receivers with not getting Julio. It speaks to what we think about the guys we have in house. Uh, so this week, defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo compared. Second-year cornerback Legereus Sneed to former Eagle and former teammate of yours, Bobby Taylor, J.D. Um, he says he wants to play Sneed outside in the four DB packages, and then he also wants to move him inside in five DB sets. Um, and uh, so two, two things, J.D., you played with Bobby Taylor, so I'm curious to know about the comparisons there. And Eric says you played quarterback. Uh, I guess talk to me about the, the versatility of playing outside in four DB packages versus playing inside in five DB packages. Like what, what's, what's the significance of that? Oh, it's not easy. Now, if he's able to do so, you know, he, he's uh, pretty gifted. And uh, I don't know how tall Snead is, but Bobby's a long, lanky guy. Heck yeah. Uh, um, so, but Bobby, Bobby's smart, uh, intelligent player. Um, if you're eight, yeah, you get a, you got a, on the inside, you got a two-way go with a lot of those small receivers of what we kind of talked about uh I know it's a couple of weeks ago because uh, slot guys are are, are are usually tiny yeah. and, and usually very shifty. Um, so if he's an inside guy that can, you know, move over to the outside, you know, that's a heck of a, of a transition, especially during the season. But you don't get a whole lot of those plays. Now, if he's a starter for the season and he's having to go inside, outside, that's, you know, that could be a complicated uh, season to, to try to go out and, and uh, being switched around because having certain lead legs um, when you're playing corner kind of helps you get in and out of breaks. It, it seems like a small thing, but it's a big thing when you're out there trying to play the position. Um, and so if like I, was, I had this conversation with a guy last week that uh, I did a podcast with. For me, I like guarding the Z receivers because I always had the best where the, the better receivers are played at. Uh, X was the, the guy that was lined up on the line of scrimmage. Uh, it was easier to play X because they're easy to get your hands on. I enjoyed the Z so much because that's when you got the big name playmaker guys that that were able to. That's the, the guys that are put on the move uh, in motion receiver. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, but the worst part about it is like when it came to big name guys, I, I, I had some of my better games. When it came to guys that were just, you know, part of the team, you know, I kind of lost sight, um, you know, fell asleep during the game at some point. I won't say fell asleep, but, you know, just uh, <laughs> dozed off for a moment, just not, you know, yeah. caring to right, right. throw the ball to this guy at some point. And right. all of a sudden you get caught with a pass. So, uh, you know, that 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 was kind of a, a fault of mine that I did uh, with some of the, you know, not bigger name guys. Now, when it came to, you know, Randy Moss, T.O., uh, some of those big name guys like Warfield was 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 locked in, um, but yeah, that was usually on the left side and uh, playing corner. So if I'm playing on that right side, 
heck, you weren't going to get any emotions. You're basically locked in. Um, and that made it kind of easy. The challenges were coming from the Z because then you'd also have to, you know, call for an exchange because if he's in motion, you got to switch with that other corner uh, with that nickel back if there's a motion and, he, and they switch routes. So there's a lot more thought into it that goes with the Z. So I, I enjoyed the challenges that came out there. Now playing nickel, nickel was complicated because, you know, you have two-way routes when that guy comes off the, uh, the ball. And it made things hard because you, you couldn't really – you try to play to your strengths, but linebackers usually get caught up into the run, and you know that at times. And so when they do that, it takes away, you know, the, the threat that you have that was either inside or outside. So you have to be on your, your, your P's and Q's at all times playing a nickel back, but it's only for a couple of plays. Now, so if he can do all that, you know, I, you know that's, that's, that's a gifted guy. So, uh, but heck, I'm just glad he's back. You know, he, he had a bad injury to put him out. I think Ward is going to be the other corner that we have. And, you know, we've got our two safeties back. Um, so it, it should be a, a good look for the secondary if, if, if the front seven is able to put the pressure um, on the quarterback with, with what we're thinking with these picks that we brought in. J.D.? Yeah, um, you know, his comparison to, 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 to BT, Bobby Taylor, uh, like he said, man, it, you know, Bobby's every bit about 6'3", yeah, uh, you know, 205. And, and, and Bobby, man, he, he, he could run with, with any of the guys, long, lanky. That was the thing about it. He, he had so much range because of his length, uh, which, which made him dangerous. Not to mention he was physical. Bobby played physical, too, out there on, on the outside as well. So he can do it because of the size that, that he had against receivers. So that's, that's going to be good. Uh, now, the Snead, on comparison uh, on Bobby, uh, yeah, he, he, he's uh, – you know, I got I got to watch even more of Snead. I, I used to watch Bobby every single day. You got to realize, you know, when you play with – you see him every single day, you know, what they do. Uh, but Snead, is, he, he's good, man. He, he's, he's a dangerous corner. That's what I like about him. Uh, and, and, and he's good. So him going in from, like you said, just regular to, you know, uh, five DBs out there uh, because, you know, teams are going to be trying to, you know, pass up there. And then you got a guy who's going to be kind of a, a bigger guy on the inside. Can he can he handle it? Absolutely. So them making that uh, commitment to him, right, and letting, you know, Bashar go and say, look, you know what? Look, we like what we got in the room. We're going to put money into this guy right here. We brought guys in and we're fine with it. And I think he has a valid point, man. The front seven changes things for the, the you know, the secondary, no doubt about it. So the, the better your front seven get, the better your, your, your secondary is going to be. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to just should, – shouldn't be able to just run by our guys, right? Shouldn't be able to. I mean, we've seen it kind of in the Super Bowl. I bring that up, but I, I don't want to talk about that. But other than that, our guys should be all right, man, in, in the secondary. And so I, I don't think, like they said, look, we don't want to commit ourselves to uh, – uh, Rashad, sorry to see him go, man. I, I just, yeah. man, I'm just hands and hats off to him because, man, the dude, man, he, he he played, you know, lights out ball for us, man. And I appreciate the little thing he, he was able to do for the Chiefs. But now, man, he's wearing a different helmet and jersey. It's just how those yeah. things go. And so, Sneed, I think, man, is going to just lock it down, man. And, and his bags, uh, absolutely, absolutely uh, is confident what they can do. But, yeah, being, you know, kind of big guys and, and long rangy guys. So I think it's probably what he's, he's meaning like BT. BT can just cover a whole lot of ground, man. That, that was the thing about it, man. So have you seen BT yeah, on the ground? Both big guys out there. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, so. and, and since you played with uh, with JD and obviously Eric, you you played alongside uh, Bobby Taylor in the league together. Um, yeah. I saw some people like just tweet, you know, young bucks. If I don't know who Bobby Taylor was, um, and I, I probably saw him towards the end of his career, like uh, going into Seattle days. So I didn't get, you know, I didn't get the full ex- exposure to him. But kind of talk, that that that's high praise, right? Like come from Bobby. Oh Taylor's yeah, like- absolutely. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. I mean, BT man, he, he BT probably should have made, to be honest with you, the Pro Bowls. And he didn't. And, you know, the thing is, you got to think about, you know, playing at the time, the guys that were out there. And, and it's always tough. I, I remember, shoot, you think in the secondary, you had Daryl Green and those guys, Dion at some point. I mean, you, you know, there's a lot of guys that was in the NFC East that was causing a lot of noise. So BT probably should have got a nod, man, in, in, in the Pro Bowls more than he did. Maybe recognition. No, uh, uh, baby boy, Brian Dawkins got a lot of recognition in itself. But BT was part of that. I mean, I, I'm telling you, man, I, I just I watched it. It was BT second year, my first year. Uh, and he was just he was phenomenal. He, he was athletic, uh, pigeon toe running out there and just would, would be all over the field, man. BT, good people, though. Good people and a good, good. Yeah, but Sleeve showed a lot of sign before his injury. So I, I, I like I like his, uh, his body of work. So it's yeah. just a matter of, you know, how he bounces back now. So. Well, you know how you know how they always say, man. When it, when they, whenever they throw a name out, I'm like, look, man, go look at his film. Go go check his film out and tell me what you think, right? So his name's Young Bucks. Shoot, you get a name, look it up. <laughs> then do your comparison. Sure. All right, guys. Well, that does it for us. Thanks for tuning in to Chief Concerns presented by Bet Online. As always, if anyone in Chiefs Kingdom has any Chief Concerns for these guys, please tweet at us at, at @ConcernsChief and please subscribe and follow Chief Concerns on YouTube, Believe Podcast Network, or any place you can find a podcast. And if anyone wants to be a guest going forward on our shows, drop us a DM on Twitter or email us at ChiefConcerns at Yahoo.com. Guys, we'll see you next week. A good show. All right, big guys. Y'all be easy. Good to be All back, right, guys. Brother. All right, y'all be good. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.